is on the air. Welcome into episode one. I'm your host, Alex Brault, and with me today, as always, are my two co-hosts, Alec and Dustin. Today, we're going to talk about the new Green Bay defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. What are our thoughts and takes on that? We're going to recap the big game that was this past Sunday between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. And we're going to get into a little free agency preview as we are now only a month out from that. But first, if you can't get enough of us, find us on different social media platforms, including Twitter. You can find us at Corner Lockdown, and you can now follow us on Facebook. All news and information and new episodes will be posted there to keep up with all of your Lockdown Corner needs. So let's just get right into it. This past week, Joe Barry was announced to be the new Green Bay Packer defensive coordinator. Joe Barry, if you don't know, is best known for his defensive coordinator work with the Detroit Lions in 2008. And if you recall, they went 0-16. They didn't win a game. And he was also the defensive coordinator for the Washington Racial Slurs in 2015 through the 2016 season. And he was fired shortly thereafter after having a pretty pathetic defense. So... I was a little freaked out when I saw it. I, Dustin, I'll go to you first. What was your initial reaction when you heard this news? Well, I mean, what the first initial reaction was, you know, who the heck is this guy? I mean, he wasn't a big guy who was in consideration for the job. Everyone thought it was Jim Leonard with a couple of the candidates. You know, I don't know the big top ones, but obviously Jim Leonard was the one most advertised. And when he declined the job, it's like, okay, who are we going to go to? Then I hear Joe Barry. I'm like, oh, who's this guy? Well, you know, look at his track record, you know, you can sit here. I won't get too in-depth it, but you would think that he's probably not fit for the candidacy, but you look at it, he's put in a bad scenario, and you look what he did on the Rams team, and obviously the Rams had a lot of success with their defense, and especially linebacking core, who was a big part of their defense throughout those days. So that's how much I got. I'll hand it over to you, Alec. Yeah, so, I mean, when I was looking into Joe Barry – First thing that stood out to me, I did not know that he was on that o, on that 0-16 Lions team. And what I thought to myself was, was he the reason why they went 0-16? Or was it because they had no talent? I'm going to go no talent. Whenever you're starting uh, a revolving door at quarterback every single week, you're not expecting to win games. And when you're in a pitiful city like Detroit, it's just, it's not going to be good. Um, but looking at the more recent things that he's been doing with the Rams. I mean, this past year, you know, the Rams defense was the defense to beat in the NFL. Um, obviously they had a lot of star power there with Jalen Ramsey and with Aaron Donald. But I mean, I can make the argument that Jair Alexander is just as talented as Jalen Ramsey is. And whereas Kenny Clark isn't on the same level as Aaron Donald, I'm not sure anybody at the position ever has. Um, he's, Definitely not a huge downgrade. I mean, he's a top five D tackle in the league. Um, I, I really think that he could bring a, a big spark to the to the defense. And and I bring it back to when uh, Lafleur got hired, and everybody was going, "What Tennessee's Tennessee Tennessee's offense wasn't that great last year? The year before he got hired, you look at it, it was just Derrick Henry. What what are we doing bringing in this guy? Well, he's done pretty well. You know, um, and I, I, I have high hopes for for Barry and and I, I feel like he's going to bring uh, some newfound energy to the squad. And uh, Alex, why don't you uh, give me your thoughts on Mike Petton going to the Bears here? What, what do you think about that? Have at it. Good job. Have at it. Thanks, Bears. Take them off <laughs> our hands. 
Have, have fun. I don't care. Get out of here. And you know what's <laughs> funny? You brought up the Lafleur in Tennessee things. I remember being one of those people that thought the same exact thing. Well, the deeper I thought about this hiring, he knows Lafleur, which obviously can't hurt. Lafleur trusts him. And also, our offensive coordinator was the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator the year they made it to the AFC Championship game. And we all know that offense was horrendous. Blake Bortles was captaining that ship. Like, how? why was he of any interest to Green Bay? But, you know, a total of 16 and 6 the last two regular seasons plus two NFC Championship games, and this year being the best offense in football, I, I can't doubt them anymore. I doubt – I like to doubt – I like to just joke around on Sundays when they're getting hammered saying I hate them and it's all good and I hate – just that general negative mindset. But at this point, LaFleur has got my trust. He's done it with Blake Bortles, former mentor. And and what else can you say? So I'm hopeful for Joe Barry. Um, According to multiple reports, he's going to be installing the Vic Fangio style defense. I can't talk defense. I don't understand what I'm watching on Sundays when it comes to defense. Um, So, but from what I know, the bears had a pretty good defense in the mid two thousands and early 2010s. So if it's anything like that, I'm pretty happy with that hire. So I suppose now that we're um, done talking that little bit of Packers news, should probably get to the NFL news. If you haven't heard Tom Brady, he did it again. I don't know how his team literally was outgained in almost every category, except for yards per play. He wasn't great. He threw for just over 200 yards, Super Bowl MVP, seventh Super Bowl championship. Can you guys explain this to me? Why? Who would have thought in the year 2021, we're still talking Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Can someone explain this to me? Um, You know, it's, you look, especially you watch the game, you watch the Buccaneers all season, you know, it's kind of a, it's bad to say, but it's a slap in the face that, Buccaneers defense, you know, they played completely lights out throughout the postseason, especially at the end of the season. I mean, their linebacking core is probably easily the top, like the best in the league. I mean, that linebacking core is just spectacular between White, Levante David, and Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, every four years, this guy seems to come out of the blue and just like, yeah, I'm going to play my career life season here, just out of the blue in the playoffs, just a complete monster, just, and then disappeared for another four years and he'll come back. But it's just, you know, another mediocre quarterback to a title. (laughs) How? And this time he did it with less fingers. (laughs) I don't understand. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing I would say is that defense really carried them and, you know, hats off to them. They, They played well. Yeah, no, and I mean, you look at that, you look at not just that linebacking core, but the front seven in general. I mean, you got Ndamukong Sue there in the middle who seems to be defying time, not quite as well as Brady, but doing a pretty dang good job about it. Yeah, Vita Vea in there plugging up any runs that are trying to get by you. I mean, that sec- that that front seven is scary. And then you look at the secondary, they're okay, but – the big stud in the back end there, Antoine Winfield Jr., looking like his looking like his dad did throughout the entire uh, NFL career that he had with the Vikings, and it 
that team that team is uh it, it was pretty good put around him. Now what I don't like about it is I don't like the fact that it's it seems like that Tampa Bay team is taking a page out of the NBA playbook. It seemed like Brady went there and all of these other stars who hadn't really had much success decided to come flocking to Tampa Bay to form a super team, right? And so you get players like Leonard Fournette going out to Tampa. You get players like, you know, you get players like Dandan McKinsey coming out to Tampa. It, you know, you, everybody just wants to flock there. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that this doesn't continue to happen. I've been seeing some rumors flooding about other players who are interested in going and playing in Tampa. And, and I'm hoping that this isn't a common theme. Um, but I think either Tom Brady is just more willing to push everybody around him to be better than any other player in the league, or maybe he's just really, really uh, difficult to be around when he's, uh, when he's losing. And so the team plays better because they don't want to hear him whining. I don't know what it is, but there's something special about him being out on that football field that makes everybody around him better. He's great. I mean, we can sit and do the whole who's the GOAT conversation, which, quite frankly, I'm getting tired of. Yeah. We, he's the greatest football winner there has been. You cannot – you can't dispute it. Right. And the craziest stat was Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have been in the NFC for years. And Tom Brady has the same exact amount of NFC championship titles as Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. The whole thing is just insane, and he did it again. Although I will say the Super Bowl MVP was BS. I know they can't give it to a coordinator, but that defense was flying around. They are so fast. They have all these freaks from LSU and Alabama. They have all these studs. I hope and pray for our team, that is, for Green Bay, they haven't paid attention to linebacker in how many years? The last linebacker they drafted that was worth anything was Blake Martinez, and even that, okay, he was a good tackler. He's not fast. He's not flying around. He's not covering tight ends as well as Devin White and those boys down in Tampa. So I hope that that blueprint kind of sets up Green Bay to say, and now Joe Barry coming from being a linebacker's coach, hopefully they do pay attention to it. Um, and actually, this is a nice transition into – our free agency talk where we're going to preview free agency. I don't know about you guys for just on my notes here, positions of need. I have linebacker on here. I really, Chris Barnes was great. Young player out of nowhere. Great. Come on, Martin. They keep telling me he's good. I haven't seen anything yet, but people keep telling me he's good. So I guess I'll believe him. but I got linebacker on here because I really think that a speedy linebacker is what is needed. And I don't, is there anyone in the draft that's catching your guys' eye linebacker-wise? Um, no, not there's not really too many of those, you know, crazy linebackers that are sticking out right now. But then again, it's the problem with linebackers is really difficult to draft linebackers because the transition from speed to college to the NFL is obviously for any position is really great, but for linebacker, it's the most difficult because you have to read different formations of offense, different, you know, cues and plays you got to go through at just a completely different speed. So it's, it's very hard to look at linebacking through the draft because, you know, we got a quarterback, you know, you can say, okay, how well does he read defenses? 
does he read through his progressions and how well does he throw the ball? It's pretty easy to kind of see who's going to be pretty good and who isn't, but linebackers, you know, it's anyone's best guess. It's a diamond of the rough sometimes. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm very hopeful for Barnes. I think that he may be the answer there. Um, watching him play I think you know this was his first year where he got real playing time you know last year they kept trying to shove Ty Summers and Oren Burks down our throat um you know where did that end up (laughs) I I knew the first time that I saw Ty Summers take the field I was like that is not an NFL linebacker it's very similar to when I see um to when I see uh Oh, his name's slipping my mind. He's on our D line. Um, I see him go up. Tyler Lancaster, very oh. similar to when I see Tyler Lancaster on the field. I go, what is he doing out there? You know? Um, so I'm, I'm very, very hopeful for Barnes though. I, I think that he's, I think that he's one of those players that is a diamond in the rough. We got him late round in the draft. And, and I think that he's going to end up being kind of a centerpiece for our defense. He shows a lot of explosiveness uh, reminds me kind of of like miles Jack when he was in college, not so much in the pros, um, but when he was in college, uh, I see the same kind of explosiveness from, from Barnes as I did from Jack when he was in college. Um, but it's just spurts right now because he hasn't developed well enough. Hopefully with this linebacker, uh, this linebacker experienced defensive coordinator coming in, he can coach him up and and maybe we might really have something there. Um, but I, I definitely have to agree with Dustin, though. It's, it's very difficult to look at players coming out of the draft especially at linebacker and, and say, Oh, okay, well they did good in college. So they'll do good here when, you know, you have players like, like I said, miles Jack, who hasn't really translated yet. Um, But uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Well, and let's shift gears here. So linebacker I have is one of my position of need, as I had said before, I think the reason I bring up the draft is because green Bay is not going to have a ton of money. They are, Already, there's rumors flying around that potentially just two of the names would be they'd be cutting would be Christian Kirksey and Preston Smith, which Preston Smith did not have a great year. We all know that, and his cap hit is sizable for the production that he didn't give last season. So that one I understand. Kirksey, I get that one too. He was hurt half the year, didn't play anyway. But uh, notable free agents, everyone knows Aaron Jones is a free agent. Are they going to bring him back? I don't know they're going to be able to keep him financially, especially not having a lot of money. I think I think the world of A.J. Dillon, his thighs alone have me mesmerized. So <laughs> I really do think that he, him and if they decide to bring back Jamal Williams, that would be fine enough. We all know that this offense is on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders anyway. That when he goes, they go. And then Corey Lindsley, obviously, is another guy I they're not going to be able to keep him all pro center in a walk here. He's another guy and they just don't have the money to keep some of these guys because two of their free agents to be were Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari, which obviously are your two key pieces. You don't have them. Then you're really in trouble. And we all saw what Tampa Bay's line did to green Bay in that NFC championship game without Bakhtiari and Billy Turner having to slide to the left side and Rick Wagner coming in. It it didn't look good. Billy Turner was relatively good in the um, – who did we play? The Los Angeles game. He, they, he looked pretty good. That offensive line looked really good against a really good offensive line. But you needed to keep back Tiari and hopefully 
recovers he recovers well from the torn ACL. So hopefully he's ready to go this season. But let's play a little game. I'm going to throw some names at you of potential Packer targets to fill some holes, along with some reported rumors. Um, so I'll start with this one. Evan Massey on Twitter today came out and said that the Packers are expected to have interest in T.Y. Hilton, the Colts receiver who is now coming off a down year. Last year played 15 games with Phillip Rivers, only had 56 catches, under 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, nothing to write home about. But when I say the name T.Y. Hilton, what do you guys think of bringing him to Green Bay potentially? Um, you know, obviously, T.Y. was a very explosive player for the Colts for years. And, you know, there's – especially just going to the free agency, it's going to be a wild free agency, not only for the Packers, but for the whole league with the salary cap getting cut. We're going to see a lot of tough decisions based on our team, especially with crucial players leaving, like you said, Aaron Jones. I just – I don't see it between him, Corey Lindsley, and a couple other guys being re-signed simply because of the money. But seeing T.Y. Hilton, obviously it's, you know, an eye-opener – hearing his name, seeing he might be coming to the Packers, but, you know, you see how realistic that would maybe be what we have to give up for him. And along those lines, since obviously drafts coming up, we have to make sure we have salary for draft and just, it gets very difficult and we do need that another receiver, but you know, who it's going to be and where and where he's going to fit in the offense is a big question right now. I don't like it. I don't like T.Y. I, I don't think that he'd have much success in our offense. Um, what I like is our receiving core that we have going into this year. Everybody's forgotten about Devin Funches. He hasn't played it down this past year. He was pretty dominant in Carolina with, uh, with a pretty uh, not-so-great quarterback situation going on there. He's a big-bodied guy. Big-bodied receivers usually do well with Aaron Rodgers. You look at Jordy Nelson; he was six foot three. You look at Devontae Adams; he's upwards of six foot uh, in, in that higher ballpark range. And you you have Devontae, you have Funchess, you have Lazard. Obviously, MVS is is inconsistent as they come. St. Brown may be more inconsistent than him. Um, but what I would like to see happen is the possibility of bringing in a, a lower, a, a smaller named guy who we would have to give up some draft capital for, but we wouldn't really have to take as big of a hit in the salary cap, i.e. Michael Gallup. I think that he would be a great fit for us. I think that he'd be a great fit and that he'd fill a place of a, a former Packer who I hold near and dear to my heart, Randall Cobb. I think that he'd be perfect in the slot and it would allow Devontae to play more on the outside where I think that he is more most comfortable playing and will allow him to have a longer career because he won't have to worry about taking big hits over the middle. Um, so I think with Devontae on the outside, Funchess on the other side of him, you got Lazard and possibly Michael Gallup playing the slots. I don't know. I like that receiving core a lot. I like that one too. And the reason that he was on my list of potential targets is Bleacher Report put on an article today. They're, they always do hypothetical trades and all that. Fun. None of them ever happen. But Michael Gallup was their ideal fit for Green Bay. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. Young guy, speed. Typically, Green Bay likes them bigger. They like their basketball players. They like the 6'4, 6'5 guys that can run, a la MVS. Um, 6'1, 198. Last year, without De- 
Prescott, I mean, Prescott was there for four games. Just ask my fantasy team. It was pretty, pretty horrible. Uh, but he, 59 catches, 843 yards, five TDs, 14.3 yards per reception. That's, that's the Green Bay offense. It's downfield throwing. It's relying on Rodgers to create, extend the play, let those guys get further downfield and picking up chunk yardage. That's the whole system. So I think he would be a wonderful fit there as do you, Alec, which I got this next one. I got to go to Dustin because I saw this. And I know it's going to break your heart. We got Big Bob, your favorite. You're wearing his jersey right now. The Packers, this is a rumored interest potentially in Hunter Henry. I don't know how I feel about that. Two tight end set, maybe. Um, but Dustin, as the biggest Tanyan fan, or Tanyan, sorry, Tanyan fan there is, how do you feel about Hunter Henry potentially joining the Frozen Tundra crew? I mean, obviously you've seen what he's done for well, San Diego now, or Los Angeles now, excuse me, not San Diego anymore. But you've seen what he's done fine. for that. Anytime well, that's... San Diego, we got to make a fine system. No more yeah. San Diego. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Five dollars. <laughs> we're going to have seven teams in L.A. pretty soon. Who knows? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, you know, obviously he's very explosive, very dynamic. And, you know, I just – I personally don't see it maybe because I'm biased, but the biggest reason is Tanya's a restricted free agent. So we can keep him for a lower salary than we would be able to get Hunter Henry for him. We're going to have to give a pretty big number because he's a pretty big-name guy. So, I mean, what's the point of trying to get one stud tight end and said you could get – Ton or Tunyon back and then possibly Mercedes Lewis if he agrees for a veteran minimum deal. You know, why have one big name when you can have two guys that are going to do the job just the way you want them to? And that's the biggest, biggest reason. Like, I would love to have him, but I just, I, you know, again, I don't see it. Well, and let's be honest. When's the last time Hunter Henry played a full season? The guy's always hurt. And it's never small injuries. The dude is made of nuts and bolts right now. Like, he's He's made of circuits because he's hurt every other day. But we'll move on to my next name on my list. Alec, I'll go to you for this one. They had interest at the trade deadline. Almost pulled the trigger. Apparently, a deal was very close. Will Fuller. Right now, according to Pro Football Focus, the predicted salary would be five years, $87.5 million, and a $25 million signing bonus. Am I crazy to think that's a, a lot for a guy who's never on the field? But when he is, he's productive. I'll give him that. But, Alec, what do you think about Will Fuller being a rumored target? Yeah, Alex, when I think about Will Fuller as a Packer, I think of a slightly faster James Jones is what I'm thinking of here. Okay, Slightly faster James Jones, a guy who's going to make big plays for you, um, a guy who's going to be reliable most of the time, but will have some drops, will have some injuries, and I just don't. I don't like the idea of, of spending that kind of capital at wide receiver for anybody who's not a top 10 receiver in the league, you know, and he's obviously not a top 10 receiver in the league in my eyes anyway. Um, so I think that that's high. I think that if you were to, if you were to bring that asking price down, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dislike seeing him in a Packer uniform. I think that he'd be a really good fit for our big play offense. Um, but for that kind of money, absolutely not. Absolutely not. 100% agree. And I was on the train that when they didn't trade for him, I was really upset, but he was on a cheaper contract at that point. So even though it was a rental, 
I was okay with it because I, and truth be told, he probably would have really helped this team down the stretch. But yeah, 87 and a half million, that, that seems like a lot. Even though we know LaFleur has a connection to him. LaFleur was the coach at Notre Dame when Will Fuller was still a receiver in college. So there is a connection there. And obviously there's got to be a like. They've had interest going back to last summer in Will Fuller. So it makes sense to a point, but 87.5, that's, that's too much for me. I wouldn't do that deal either. Next one I threw in here. I don't really know how I feel about it, but he's relatively cheap. Desmond King, safety for the Chargers, return, punt return, kick return, kind of a specialist. I don't know how great he is in pass coverage, but Dustin, you're a defensive-minded guy. Desmond King, three years, 17.5 mil. How are we feeling? I wouldn't hate it, but I don't love it. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. You know, it, it would be nice to have another guy in the safety position, Obviously, we got two studs right now in Amos and Savage, who I think are becoming one of the best in their positions. But, you know, it's going to be where is he going to fit? You know, how are we going to utilize them? We still have a couple young safeties behind those two. So I guess the biggest thing is what's the value to bringing him in for that kind of money when we could put it elsewhere is the biggest issue with that. And I agree. I, 17.5 doesn't seem like a lot, but I suppose when they don't have a lot of money to play with as of right now, anyway and yes they'll get more as we talked about with cutting Kirksey and Preston Smith but yeah uh, I get where you're coming from Amos and Savage are fantastic in fact secondary is like the least is the least of my worries on this team there's so much so many other holes well other than we need a secondary cornerback which actually will bring me to my next name I'll throw it to both you guys Patrick Peterson and the Arizona Cardinals have agreed to kind of part ways here they will grant him his release and pro football focus says two years, 25 million, 15 of that guaranteed. So basically two years, a little around $18 million, somewhere in that range. What do you guys think about Patrick Peterson? Cause I would be all in on that. Um, it's, it's interesting, you know, obviously um, Peterson with getting up there in age now, I would be more hesitant to pay him the big money. He's been very productive for years on the Cardinals. I mean, just probably one of the best in his position. But now I think he's getting to the age where, you know, 20 some million is a little, little stingy and especially $15 million guaranteed. You know, he, he's got to produce at that age, especially corner. When you start getting older, it, your, or your progress really starts going downhill. I mean, it's tough to keep up with rookie receivers when they're running, you know, four threes, low four fours, and, you know, Maybe he's maybe running four or fives now. You know, he's he's got to he's got to show he can still do it if he's going to get paid that much. I like Peterson. I do. Um, I think that I think that the age doesn't really match up with the salary too much. Now, I don't know if that if there would be any sort of negotiation there, if, if we would maybe be able to get that number down a little bit. I think that he'd be a great piece in the secondary. Um, now, as far as. Um, as far as that corner, if, if I were to make a, a free agent signing at corner, he would be probably a top three person that I'd be thinking going into this free agency. Um, not saying that he's a top three corner in the league, but, you know, just as far as uh, just as far as um, as far as who's available, I think that he'd be a top three kind of guy. But that asking price is a little bit high, I think, if he'd be willing to budge on that a little bit, maybe restructure that. Um, 
then yeah, I think that he could be a really great uh, addition to that secondary opposite of Jair. And in that same vein, Richard Sherman's also a free agent. I don't want to say they're the same dude because they're built a little bit differently, but I agree with you. They need somebody, whether they draft or go through free agency and get someone proven. I typically like the transaction. I would go free agency just for someone proven because Rodgers is thirty, going to be 38 next year. This is the window. You have two, maybe three years. And I personally thought this past year was their best chance to get through. And now watching the big game back, they could have blown that Kansas City team out. And that, I think, really stings. So I hope they go for someone relatively cheap. I know A.J. Bouye just got um, released today by Denver. That potentially could be an option. I don't think he would command very much. Um, But then again, I don't really know what these veteran corners are going to command in free agency. Okay, so let me go this route now. We've talked about a lot of receivers. These three are kind of all in the same mix. One is a little cheaper than the other two, projected-wise, according to Pro Football Focus. But I'm going to throw three guys at you. Tell me, of those three, who you would be most interested in. Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, or Juju Smith-Schuster? Smith-Schuster and Corey Davis are rumored to get around four years and around $65 million with varying degrees of guaranteed money for each guy. And Curtis Samuel being the cheaper of those three options, but not quite on the same level of production as the other two. So Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, of those three, if you had to pick one, Alec, I'll start with you. Where would you kind of lean? Because if it were me, I think I would pay, if if they have the money, I would go after Smith-Schuster. We've seen what he can do as a number two outside – opposite Antonio Brown, I think he'd be a really nice compliment. It's just a matter of money. Now, if if I were the Packers here, I'd take Juju Smith-Schuster. I'd move him over here. I'd get him the heck away from my organization. I do not like what he did for that Pittsburgh Steeler locker room. Did not like that. He seemed like the kind of guy who's going to be a, a diva the same way that Antonio Brown was. Um, I just, I, I don't like it. I don't like the idea of him, having him in the locker room when we have guys like Mercedes Lewis in the locker room, um, who's been shown to be kind of like the glue to that offense as far as having that voice and leadership. I feel like those two personalities would really just clash. And I, I don't like that. Um, I love Corey Davis. I think that he's a stud. I think, you know, he's, he's that prototypical big-bodied wide receiver that the Packers like to go after. He's got the speed. He's got the hands. I think he's a number one receiver, and I think that if A.J. Brown wasn't in Tennessee, that he would be just as just as productive as A.J. Brown is. Um, now, for that price, however, I don't know. That's a little bit steep. I think I might actually go with Curtis Samuel out of those three. Um, he's the player that I don't I, I think that he'd be productive. I don't think that he'd be as productive as either of the other two, but I think that he'd have less of an impact in the locker room than Juju Smith-Schuster, and he'd have less of a hit on the salary cap than Corey Davis. So for those reasons, I, I think I think Samuel would probably be the best fit for the organization as a whole. 
Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with Alec just about everything. And Juju's gonna be making a TikTok about you later, Alec. <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't like the old ticky tacks or what? No, he, I I don't like it at all. I mean, I like TikTok. I mean, I spend way too much time on it. But you know, as, especially as an NFL player, you know, he gets. I think Juju is a bad person to have inside the locker room. He's just gonna, you know, be his own diva. I don't know why. I don't know if that's just a Pittsburgh thing or what that is, but everyone that comes out of Pittsburgh just manages the terror part of your locker room they find. <laughs> but um, if, if I have to choose a guy, I mean, obviously all three are going to bring different things to your team, different explosiveness. Like Curtis Samuel is obviously a slot guy. Corey Davis and Juju are a solid number two. I don't think number one for either of them, but a solid number two. Um, if I had to pick and if they could work it out, I would pick Corey Davis. Simply because he's he's a really great blocker. He's a very underrated blocker, especially in the run game. And I mean, as a backers, receivers blocking downfield is a huge thing. Like not having guys that can block downfield, like Lazard and MVS are not very good blockers and running outside, which I think I would not be surprised to see more next year. But having the guy that can block, run downfield, make catches, he's a guy that I could if they can make the money work, would be a guy to have. Dude, what you just said about Alan Lazard is blasphemous. That dude lays hits, Dustin. I got to send you a video after this. There's a video of him in college. He sent a guy, he sent a guy onto the bench from the from the field to play, blocked him outside of the out of bounds, threw him into a bench. It was absolutely brutal. Um, you know, I, I disagree with that statement about Alan Lazard not being able to block, but. I do agree that I think that Corey Davis would probably be the best fit for the, for the Packers. Um, if you could make that salary cap work. I want to defend Juju for one second. <laughs> oh boy. Just, here we go. Just one <laughs> second. <laughs> Who in Pittsburgh is a leader there? Tomlin, I guess. Bennett sure as hell ain't doing any leading except maybe leading them to the fridge, but no one on that team is a leader. Antonio Brown was a well, may still be a nut job, but he went to Tampa, Tommy Two Gloves, and you didn't hear anything about it. I think leadership has a lot to do with it. So I will defend Juju that I think Pittsburgh is a free for all. I think just it's a you can do whatever you want. No one's going to say anything. I think if he came here, I think Zadarius would be in his ear. I think that Mercedes Lewis is in his ear. Rodgers ain't going to put up with it. We all know that. He yells at Devontae for crying out loud. So I think, and you guys are right. Look, I know I'm in the losing argument. It's two to one. I have no shot at winning this argument. But what I will say is I do think with some leadership, the dude's only 23, 24, 25. Dude's young. Immature, obviously. It's obvious by dancing on logos before the game. Like you're just asking to get your rear end handed to you. So I do think with a little bit of leadership, and I do think that that is a good locker room right now. Everyone seems to love each other. It's it really – you the fans just feed off it when you're watching the game. You know this team likes being around each other, likes having fun. So I do think for that reason, I don't think the personality would be that big of a deal. But I do understand what you guys are saying. And I also don't want either of you to fight me because you're both bigger than me. So I don't want to get into a fist fight with either of you. Last name I'm going to throw out there. I doubt this happens, but he's a free agent. He's probably only going to get a one-year deal. Coming from Tennessee, where he had a decent year, what is the number one Packer problem? Stopping the run. Jadavian Clowney 
is a free agent this year. Probably only going to get a one-year deal. Packers need to stop the run. Snacks barely played. He was supposed to be the answer. Never saw him. And it, it got better towards the end of the year. But Jadavian Clowney is the number one run stopper in the league, you could argue. One year, the projection's $13 million. I don't know how much of that is guaranteed. To me, if you're cutting Preston Smith and you can just give that money to someone else and just transfer it one way or the other, I would maybe take a, a flyer on Clowney. What do you guys think about that? I think you might be on to something, Alex. I think you might be on to something. Cut Preston, reallocate those funds, bring in Jadavion. I think that that might be a. I think that that might be the answer to a lot of our run stuff problems. And yeah, no, I, I I'll agree with that. I, I think that uh, I think that that definitely be something worth exploring here. Um, you know whether or not we're gonna cut Preston because I don't see it happening. As much as I may agree with it, I I don't see it happening. I don't think that we're actually going to. Um, but if we were to do it, I think reallocating those funds to Jadavion Clowney would really solve a lot of problems. You know, I, I'm in. I'm sorry, I can't agree with you, Alec. He, I would compare him to your three-point shot. A good five percent. He's productive during the year. <laughs> He's either out or just so unproductive. Like, I, you look at him in Houston. He had a couple good games, and then he was hurt over half the season of all my, particularly all the seasons he was. I mean, look, look at when he was rookie. First year he comes in, out for the season. I mean, he just too much of a risk and too much money for the 13 million or however much he's going to be to bring him in to not be that productive for maybe one game that doesn't matter during the season. You know, I want to bring someone in who's going to be productive. That's going to do something and going to stay healthy. I mean, he's obviously has not a good track record of staying healthy. So Dustin, if you are GM of the Packers, who is your number one target then to, to fix that problem? Who is that guy that you're going to bring in on a budget who's going to fix all those problems for you? Who do you think? Well, I mean, being – maybe this is biased, but I'm going to say J.J. Watt. I mean, obviously, as far as what I'm hearing, the Texans and him just are not getting a good relationship. And as far as what I'm hearing through the buzz is that they're going to part ways and they're going to let him go. It, whether it's going to be trade or release him, I'm not sure yet but that's just what I've been hearing. And I think obviously he's a great fit for the Packers because, you know, he's close to the home. He's close to his wife, et cetera. I think it just, he fits our scheme. I think he would be a great guy to have if we can get our hands on him. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. Who doesn't love JJ Watt? That's captain America to have homegrown captain America playing for the home state team. That would be amazing. I don't know what's going to happen. And if they do release him, that's a different story. If they have to trade for him, I don't see Green Bay, they clutch their draft picks like they are infinity stones. Like they will not let them go for anything. So unless they trade up to take a quarterback in the first round who didn't, it wasn't active for one game, but that's a different story. But I don't see them trading for JJ Watt. If he's released, he, he lives here year round. He obviously wants to be here. It's pretty obvious to anybody who. I guess in this state, for us, it's obvious, but JJ Watt would be amazing. I don't know if they can pull that off. The only reason I think Clowney would fit, I think JJ is a better overall player at this point. I'm just looking at Jadavian Clowney's stats from last year, and you're right. He wasn't healthy. He played eight games, zero sacks, only 14 tackles, and one forced fumble. 
but we all kind of know he's a little better than that. I, I have a tough time shoving him off like, nah, that's okay. Because I do think he would help them in a lot of different ways. But obviously, Wisconsin guy from Pewaukee, like, yeah, we want J.J. I've been wanting J.J. for six years. These rumors have been around for what seems to be a decade. So hopefully sometime soon our dreams will come true. With that, we're just about wrapped up here, fellas. You got anything you want to say to Packer Nation? Anything to add? Well, I just want to add that, you know, I like those Avengers references. Uh, that upper that upper right-hand corner there on your bookshelf, that's a real telltale sign. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, um, I just want to thank you guys for, you know, letting us in your ear a little bit. Um, I, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And uh, just know that I would absolutely take J.J. Watt over Genevieve Clowney, too. Um, but I just don't know. I don't know if the numbers are right, you know. What, what kind of check is he going to be commanding? Maybe he'll take the hometown discount. Maybe he wants to put some bread away for his kids. You know, I don't know. So um, thank you guys so much for uh, listening, though. I really, uh, it really means a lot that you'd uh, let us in your ear. Yeah, and I'll follow that up to the same. Thank you again. You know, thank us for being – thank you for being part of your day and – listening to us be buffoons for about 45 minutes to an hour every every uh, session here but uh it's fun and obviously well, like we talked about free agency is gonna be crazy not just for the Packers but for the whole NFL and just the draft with so many good players coming out between skill wise defensive wise I mean everywhere it's just gonna be crazy and I'll let Al finish it off that's all we got you guys said it I don't have to say much That'll wrap it up here on the Lockdown Corner. Thank you for listening and making us a part of your day. You can always follow us at Corner Lockdown on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow each of us individually on Twitter. My Twitter handle is AJ Brault. Alec, your Twitter handle is at AROUT underscore 72. And Dustin is at Dustin Fergeen. I know he hates when I do that. That's not how you say his name. For those that know... He hates when you do that, so I'm going to continue to do it. <laughs> so his Twitter handle is at Dustin Bergine. That is D-U-S-T-I-N-B-E-R-G-E-N-E-51. You can follow us all on Twitter there. Yeah, that'll do it. Hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you for making us part of your day wherever you may be listening. We will see you next week with a brand new episode. We'll continue to talk free agency. If any news pops up, we'll make sure to cover it. But until then... Thank you for listening. And as always, go back golf.